And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shot. I'm your host, A.K. The Marvelous A.K. And joining me is the man from the land of the east, from Japan. Okay, he's not from Japan, but we're going to pretend he's from Japan. Tyler! You know, I came all the way to Tokyo for some drift racing, and I don't hear a single beat of Eurobeat around here. I feel cheated. Initially, yeah. lied to me. You could, there's probably an edit of this movie that has Eurobeat all over, I guarantee you. Um, but why are we talking about drifting in Eurobeat? It's because we're into the next part of our Fast and the Furious marathon watch-along. Well, not watch-along. It's not live watch-alongs, at least. And now we are in going to review what many consider, at least from my, as an outsider who has not seen the other movies, the black sheep of the Fast and the Furious family. That is Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Now, um, I do, we always like to say what our hist- history with this movie is. Tyler, did you have any history with the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift? Not with the movie, though I have seen the Tokyo Drift arcade game um, a lot back in my youth. And uh, I would always equate uh, drifting um, as a concept with this movie's title. Oh, for sure. Um, well, I I didn't see... We talked about last time. I didn't see the second one, like, incomplete until we saw it, you know, when we recorded last time. Uh, so I, I remember this one, for some reason, like, my younger brother had it on DVD. And this is... Uh, we were, My grandmother was living in par- an apartment complex at the time. So it was... I remember being on there, but I never... Uh, I, I think I watched it more completion than it did, too. So I have a lot of memories. And, of course, that infamous banger that still gets played today when um our our favorite character our main character sean walks into the parking garage and um if you live in tokyo um I'll, you know that 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 jingle is just so iconic to me um i could still hear it to this day um but what is the fast and the furious tokyo drift uh well this was this is the third movie uh, of the series, uh, a written. I looked it up originally. Uh, like they asked why. Okay, and it's also the first and only Fast and the Furious movie that does not have either Paul Walker or um, Vin Diesel as starring roles. I say starring for a very important reason. Um, originally, Paul Walker was supposed to be in the third. Well, they, they, they actually he was supposed to be in it. Originally, Dom was supposed to come back for the third role, but um, and the studio felt that Paul Walker was too old, which. Get ready for that, because that is definitely a thing in this movie. Um, as yep. as the age as the age demographic goes down, um, so instead we get this sort of one off uh, piece of the, in the great land of Nippon, um, and so now also we start the directorial debut of Justin Lin as he directs the next uh, four movies. This one and the following three. Uh, so we'll be able to say his name aloud. So let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down even further. This was directed by Justin Lin, written by Chris Morgan, of course, based on the characters by Gary Scott Thompson, produced by Neil H. Moritz. Uh, this was released in June 16, 2006, with a runtime a little over 104 minutes. Uh, it had a budget of $85 million, a box office of $159 million. So... Um, I think in terms of, I don't know if you can want to pull up the sales numbers or like the box office numbers. I think this is the lowest one. I think. I would say so. I think it's the lowest one. Um, I think out I of all three, this, sound, this is the least impressive sounding one. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of like its budget. And of course, you know, um, 
having uh, not having either Paul or or Vin in this definitely hurts. But who is in this movie? Uh, first off, newcomer Lucas Black plays our main hero, Sean Boswell. Basically, a cowboy who gets moved to the west, which which who, who goes to the west, who goes to cowboy who goes to the east. A uh, little Bow Wow, or he's called Bow Wow now, but at the time I think he was little Bow Wow. He plays Twinkie, who is basically a I want to call him an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, he sells shit. Um, Sun Kang is is uh, plays Han Lu, uh, who is a uh, Han a business, Solo. Um, actually, Han Solo. Um, yes. Han Lu. Let's. Uh, Litan Lu, as it is credited. Um, uh, Han Lu is another character that he played in uh, Justin Lin's uh, Better Luck Tomorrow. Okay, which is it says intrinsically kind of tied to the Han in this movie. Okay, because okay here on the wiki, it's, he's he's labeled as Han Lu, not Han Sol. Oh my God, Seol! Oh my God, it actually is Han. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Let's just call him Han. Okay, he plays yes. Han. Just. Just because uh, Brian T is is Taka uh, plays our villain, just known as Takahashi. I don't know if he's ever given a, a first name, but he's also known as DK. We just call no, him DK. Yeah, no, he's not known. It's not for Donkey Kong that sh- that Sean Boswell makes in the movie. He is a stands for Jeff King. Uh, Natalie Kelly plays Nila, uh, who is Takahashi's girlfriend, um, and then we have Sony uh, Chiba. Who plays um, uh, Kamata? Who is basically the head of the Yakuza? Now, do you, does this guy's name sound familiar um, to yeah, you? Yeah, he's, think... he's from Kill Bill. Okay, that's what it is. I was like, I knew I recognized him from somewhere. Uh, and finally, um, we have a couple of other support other main characters. They don't really matter. Um, okay, there are a uh, few cameos in here. Uh, two of which that I will uh, definitely spoil for you. The last one we are not going to spoil until the end. Um, right, right, right. The first right. one is the fisherman who is portrayed by Keiichi Suchia, who is a famous drift racer uh, and is the real life drift king, and was the main inspiration for the manga anime series Initial D. Initial D, which this movie takes fucking heavy inspiration from too. Yes. Um, and of course the other uh, um, uh, Kazuki uh, Keishi, su- su- uh, uh, Kazutoshi Watakuru uh, who is a famous uh, sumo wrestler oh, okay oh yeah he was the guy with the paw print like, this is a big motherfucker um, so yeah uh, li- little cameras you're probably not gonna know but hey you know um, this is definitely for uh, that's uh, why that we're here exactly that's why we're here to read the wikipedia for you so what is the story of Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift uh no, again, no Dom, no no Paul, so no crime, not initially at least. Aha. Um, this movie There's is There's a lot about, of property damage, though. A lot of property damage, that's for sure. Goddamn, a lot of property damage. Starts off uh, in, in America, where Sean Boswell is a seemingly rough and rowdy student, at least it's the impression you get when you first meet him. And, this dude does uh, not look 17, I'm sorry. This look, listen. You can complain about the time. It was everything around this time was like this, including in the nineties. They were always casting dirty girls to play seventeen-year-olds. It was you're just, right, you're right. it was just, just the have style. To, out. to quote Grandpa Simpson, kids, it was the style of the time, and it still <laughs> continues to do that because they continue to cast like twenty-five-year-olds to play seventeen-year-olds. It's just, it's probably like legal issues. Who knows? But yeah, he does not look like. Also, he was in another movie that same year called Friday Night Lights. So this was kind of like his. Uh, I think he, I think they came out in 05. I think they came out in 05. So kind of like he yeah, had two I think big Friday movies. Night Lights was earlier. 
Yeah, I think it was like 04 or 05. But like, either way, there's two big movies within two years. It's pretty good. Um, so um, he plays a, uh, he plays Sean Boswell. Little Bow Wow, of course, he was a big rapper at the time. He's still around. Maybe not as big as he used to be, but definitely still hanging around. Uh, he um, And stuff like that. So uh, Sean, he, he's pretty much this kid. Uh, he's probably ne'er-do-well. Looks has that sort of like, mm, teachers don't like him. Unfortunately, he's a wolf looking for trouble. Pretty much alone. He's he's basically a cowboy, as as the as the Japanese will call him in later in the movie. Um, and uh, basically, uh, the girlfriend of the quarterback. I'm gonna assume it's the quarterback because it's always the quarterback. Uh, By the way, is uh, the older brother from Home Improvement? Not not Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, the older brother of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yes. Uh, nice. Um, that's the only reason I know him is because he was everywhere in the in the in the early to mid nineties. Um, but. His the girlfriend of the quarterback winks at him. Of course, male quarterbacks got to have an ego because all male high school quarterbacks who, despite Are having, you having a thing, conversation, you fucking asshole. Yeah, this he he fucking instead of just being a man, instead of just you know whatever, whatever he throws a I think it's a rock or he throws something inside his rear car it window. A baseball. Does a baseball? Okay, it's, it's a baseball. It's something hard, and basically. He's like he like you know it comes out the a spinning contest is like oh you can't race my car you can't race my Viper and all this shit and they start talking car shit the car nuance is not as bad in this movie as it is in the previous one so you don't have to worry about the car jargon they actually tone that shit down a lot is what I've noticed like it's not really impairment other than visually um, when you see them doing stuff so For he sure. challenges them to a old school you know what we saw in the first movie in fact this movie very much opens up with the first movie with a white guy. Falls trying to tries to get with the opposing girl. In fact, this movie follows his first movie a lot in in in, in many ways in some points. And it's a race through this construction site that's building new suburban homes. It's actually a really thrilling scene. I really liked it. It was like for like an opening and how small it was compared to say like the first two movies. I thought yeah, it was still a great opening scene uh, that shows the fact that Sean uh, just makes a whole bunch of Y turns and just crashes through shit all the time. It's it's great. It's all practical and stuff. It, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's not in the city, so it may not be as impressive on that sense, but it still looked cool. Uh, unfortunately, what happens is um, Sean wins the race, and of course the quarterback's got to be a huge ass uh, sore loser. So, what does he do? Because he has daddy's money, <coughs> he crashes, he smashes the car into Sean, Sean's car, and he doesn't stop, causing them to spiral and hit one of those big cylinder constructions. You think it's a sea of construction sites, and then unfortunately. Sean can't stop his car. He can't stop it from drifting. You see what I did there? And he, his car gets even more fucked up, um, which leads into, like, well, how the fuck does he get to Japan? How, how does this poor little white boy, I'm assuming from either California or Texas, get to Japan? And um, he, he's arrested. He gets, he's, he gets sent an ultimatum. Either go to Juvie or go uh, live with his father in Japan. Pretty much. And so... Um, and I was like, how do they explain him going? And I was like, taking it back, because I know he goes to Japan, right? I was like, wait, he just goes? Why is he? Oh, it's his dad. Because they don't explain it immediately. You're kind of just like, wait, why is he going to Japan? Bro, like, if, if I ever got in tr- if I ever uh, was a troublemaking kid back in high school, and my punishment was being sent to Japan, man, that would be the coolest shit ever. And, and, and he's like treating it like, whatever. He kind of has that whole whatever attitude, at least in the first part of the movie. We'll talk about him later. But... Um, he goes, he lives with his dad, lives in a tiny little home, 
And pretty much he's told, like, listen, it's very much Persona 5. It is very much yeah. what the plot of Persona 5 is like, listen, you're on probation. You either fucking live with me. If you don't listen to my rules, you're in fucking trouble. And it's like, shit, it's Persona 5. What the fuck? It's the Jinjin's Persona 5. Yep, uh, dad oh. is basically Sojiro from uh, that game. Pretty much, except, so, it, uh, I don't know if Sojiro pulls out the Glock at one point, but, um, uh, he does dad, okay, but the dad, the dad here does, so he pretty much tells him, you listen to my rules, uh, you don't, you, you, um, you listen to my rules, no, 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 no in your car, you go on to and from back, and it's pretty much culture shock, white boy in Japan, he has to go to school, everything like that, and immediately, he, not even, like, a minute, he meets, he meets, uh, our, uh, Bow Wow, who's, again, who's plays, his name is Twinkie. I want to call him Tweak, but that's the South Park character. He meets Twinkie, who tries to sell him shit, and Twinkie kind of is the one who brings him into this underworld, this Japanese, uh, I wouldn't, I would call it what underworld. What are the fucking odds? He, exactly, immediately. Plot armor, hey, white boy, come here. Um, and he brings in this, and you see all the pretty Japanese women dancing and everything like that, and here's the, here's the drift scene. Um, I'll never get over that cool, how, like, the, the garage thing, how it, how he shows, um, Bow Wow's car, or Twinkie's car, and it's all furred out and everything. <laughs> It's oh, literally it. an incredible Hulk car with a whole bunch of fist and foot dent marks all over it. It's it's, it's, cool. it's it's insane. So he brings them, and of course, because he's American and, and all Americans are like this, um, or he gets uh, he starts hitting on the pretty girl. He doesn't know anything, right? Unfortunately, uh, Neela, who is the pretty Austra- half uh, half Australian, I guess she's half Australian, half Japanese. Um, because uh, we don't meet her dad, but we meet her mom. I don't know. Maybe she's all Australian. I assumed her dad was because she had to have a dad somewhere. Um, and unfortunately, Luke, uh, not Lucas, um, Sean, uh, by hitting on Neela, is hitting on DK's squeeze, Neela. So he he challenges him to a, uh, he gets challenged to a race. And he's like, you don't have a car, Gaijin. And this is actually the first time I ever heard that word um, in anything. Um, cause I, even any anime I know did not bring that word up, gaijin word up at all. Yeah. Um, so Han, who is just kind of this bystander, this cool, uh, this, this cool looking motherfucker, he says, let him use my car. And he's like, and like, I love Twinkie this society. He's like, bro, you don't understand. This is an expensive car. Han made it. And you don't even know how to drift. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You idiot. So... And this is where we get a sample like, oh, this is not going to be like the other movies outside of those first few minutes in which we're introduced to drifting, which is, you know, they're doing it in a parking garage because Japan doesn't have a lot of land, a lot of open land like we do. So what do they do? They drift. And so they basically drift up this construction site, which I won't lie, sometimes with how long it goes, it feels a little like, okay, that feels fake, but also it's really fucking cool. Um, unfortunately, because Sean doesn't know how to drift, he wrecks the car horribly. Bad. Um, and... Yeah, that's what you get when you let him cook. Yeah, don't, don't let the white boy cook on his first day. Don't let him do it. Um, so, uh, and so basically what happens is Han, he goes to Han the next day, he's like, I'm gonna get you your money. Han kind of toys around, he's like, you got a fucking choice, makes him his errand boy. Kind of toys around. He basically becomes Han's underling. His, like, his... I don't say his muscle, but, like, his, like, just a close confidant, like, uh, initially. And then, uh, eventually, it's pretty much... There's not really a plot to this movie, 
There really isn't, okay? I'm being very generous with you. The first one, we had the DVD sales thing, right? The electronic theft, you know, finding who's doing it and the emotional drama between, you know, Vin and um, and Brian's, like, that, that moment, right? The second one, it's about the Cuban drug dealer getting him away and getting um, uh, getting those people out and, and that, that undercross. There's not really, like, a, a plot other than... than <laughs> Sean wants to beat DK. Yeah, it's basically uh, Sean trying to fit in in this uh, racing scene in Japan, uh, also mixing in with uh, Han's side hustle, uh, but we'll get to that soon enough. Yeah, what we do learn later on is that, and it's not its not really even the primary plot, the primary plot is Sean learning how to drift and they take him under his wing. Sean and, and time for Han. a montage. Time for, exactly, this almost feels like it. This almost feels like an anime movie. Um, it, it almost really does when you look at it. I've just been in this place before. Exactly. Um, and there's and I don't want to talk about Han because Han possibly has the best acting scene in one moment when he's talking to him about the soccer field. We'll talk about that when we get to Han's piece. Um, but we find out that Han. Is he he basically kind of spills the, the blood on Takahashi? Where that like Takahashi, he's not Yakuza. He's it, like uh, Twinkie calls him that, but like he's just mimicking his uncle. Like he's nobody. He has no connections. He's not Yakuza. He's not Kiryu Kazama. He's not none of that. Um, we do meet his uncle though, uh, who is Yakuza and has the most badass. Just like don't fuck with that guy because that guy looks like he can kill you. Coolness yeah, for to him. Sure. He's dressed um, to kill, figuratively and literally. So, um, uh, Takashi's uncle comes in, uh, I think it's Kamata, I think that's his name. Yeah, Kamata. Uh, Kamata, yeah. Um, and basically says, your friend has been, you know, basically stealing money from us, and you're too much of a dumbass to realize it. So, Takahashi being quick to anger, fucking shows up to Han's garage, pulls the Glock on him, which leads to this whole escape run, and then Han seemingly dies! Like, I yeah. forgot that part. I'm like, wait, no, hold on. What? He dies. He's dead. Um, this is the first time someone in the series, um, be it a main character, actually dies in a car accident. Keep a, keep a chart on that, because I think it's going to escalate within the next six, the next several movies. So Han, yes, is, sir. Han is effectively dead. Um, by the way, there are some timeline shit that's going to happen between this movie and the next movie, so sit your ass down. I'm going to tell you that right now, at least from what I'm remembering. Um, Sit your ass so, down and put the seatbelt on. So pretty much after that, Sean goes up to Kamada and says, "Like, listen, I understand. Me and your and your and your nephew have been causing problems for you. We can fix this by a race." And he pretty much challenges him to a race, which leads him to making the ultimate American muscle car that can also drift because he's American. Um, and we have it ends with a really thrilling drift race down the side of a mountain, which that's the fucking initial D section right there. Um, yeah, it if, is. If I was going to say, it's the exact same mountain. If, if anything. So, like, shit. Um, and so, and and that's pretty much it. Sean becomes the new Drift King. He gets Neela. Han's still dead. But, um, that's so horrible. Han's still dead, but he lives on his friend's memory. And then, do we want to talk about the postcard sequence now, or, 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 or... We may as well get it out of the way now. So, it, it's not even a post-credits sequence, guys. By the way, this came out two years before Iron Man, so just FYI. Um, but uh, then again, the X-Men movie around this time also had a post-credits sequence. So Shit, Marvel the Fast and the Furious 1 had a post-credits scene, too. Exactly. So, what we learn is, is, uh, Twinkie comes up, like, hey man, there's somebody who wants to race you. 
And he goes, he's been beating people all over Asia and shit. I'm like, okay, who the fuck is it? And it's Dom, and, it's Dom Toretto. Dom has fled Mexico, and now he has been in East Asia for like seemingly a bit. He crossed to Japan on nothing but his car across the ocean. So much of a badass he is. You know what? Considering how crazy it's about to get, I can't believe that. And 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 he tells him, like, this ain't no 10-second race, son. He goes, and he goes, I got all the time. With that great line, because like, that distinguishing. I got nothing but time. Such, such, a, great, such a great thing. Um, and then Twinkie said, we have our first use of family in this movie, in this franchise, where Twinkie says about Han, re- referencing Han in post-mortem, like, he, son, he, said, he said Han was family. It started here! It starts here! Cause he I was here! He, he doesn't say it in the first one. Of course, Dom's not there to say it in the second one. It's here where that meme is born and, and Vin's like, I like that. Um, so there you go. That's the story of Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Um, again, the first one definitely has the strongest plot so far. The second one was still fun. Not as strong as the first one. So good. This one's kind of just like, I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. But the overall plot was definitely not as strong as the other ones. Yeah, uh, there's basically a nothing plot going on here. It was basically an excuse to give us a younger cast and a new backdrop in the form of Tokyo, which is cool, by the way. Right, absolutely. Um, like they, they, it's not just the mountains. They, they do the inner cities, uh, the highways. It's a, like going from like a street racing from Los Angeles to Miami and now Japan. It really does like not globe trotting, but like different city type feeling, you know. Yeah, it also shows the cultural difference of uh, street racing in Japan uh, versus the U.S., where it's all about drifting over there. Like, you thought Tokyo Drift was just, like, a clever naming convention? Nah, no. drifting is all over this movie. That, that's that's the style of racing, and I like that because it's like, okay, we can't, like I said earlier, they can't do 10-second races probably in most places, um, so how do they solve that? They they drift because that's it's it's of, of what they live, and it, I think that's really, really cool. Um, I think all... drifting uh, looks cooler than the straight racing from the last couple movies and either way. Yeah, like, they, especially when they're going up. Uh, it's definitely easier to film and more thrilling to watch. Yeah, um, it's it's it, it, and you still have those, especially that race at the end between Takahashi and and um, and Sean. It's still thrilling. It's just you add that added element of the danger of the mountain to the side. It's it's definitely intense. Um, uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think I think this movie, despite not being a nothing plot, you know, it does a great job of like just lit. I think it, I think its whole point was just you're you're you are Sean, the character is Sean, and your experience Japan for the first time. And what I like about this movie is that it doesn't glorify Japan like a lot of Western media tends to do. Like it just it just felt like Japan was a normal place, like that just happened to have street. Like this yeah. is their but this is their version of street racing, for sure. It didn't like there was like definitely you had Sean who had the uniqueness where like when he goes to eat at the cafeteria for the first time he's like I don't know what the fuck half this stuff is, um, and of course uh, Twinkie referring to don't ask don't tell which if you know what that is congratulations you're a fossil now um, <clears throat> oh you may not be considering how Florida's going but whatever that's we're not here to discuss that um, like I like all the all the scenery um, I, I I like I like the change um, I just wish the story was stronger but I. I think I enjoyed the characters together a lot more than the second one. I would say so, yeah. Um, I think out of all of them, I think Han is probably the most interesting one out of all of them. For sure. Like, Han, Han, it almost feels like he should have been the main character. Um, 
in all in all respects. Um, in, in all in, in all respects, he probably should have been the main character. But um, Sean is, and unfortunately, uh, I, let's talk about him first. Um, he's yeah. not. He when you go from you go from Dominic Toretto and Paul and 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 and, and Brian, whose name I keep forgetting. What's his last name in the movie? I don't even know. It's just Brian. Um, and then you go to Brian and Tyrese, which were great. We love Tyrese and Brian. Or Tyrese. Uh, not Tyrese. That's his real name. Um, oh, God. I'm forgetting Roman. him. Roman. Uh, Paul. Uh, uh, Brian Roman. And now we go to Sean, who's supposed to be a teenager, supposed to be a kid. And he's kind of just, like, he's very much like, out of the wild. I like that he has a southern drawl, you know, so he says like that. Um, but like, he's kind of just a blank canvas and his, he doesn't have that same charisma that, that the other previous leads did had. Yeah. He feels pretty much like a typical shonen protagonist. Like he's basically the fish out of water that has to do the right thing because that's what the plot demands. For sure. Um, for absolutely for sure um and like you know i i think this movie very much echoes the first one a lot where um he is um he, it's it's white guy moves into a new situation immediately falls in the girl for the for the guy he's going to be racing against and it, it just goes bad from there there's a lot of echoes to the first one at least i saw thematically um unfortunately it works out a little bit better for uh for uh sean than this time around um, but, and I, I just don't think his acting is as good. Like, he's kind of just, huh. I, I think he plays off well with Twinkie a lot. I like, I, I like, I like Twinkie a lot in this. Um. Yeah, Twinkie was pretty fun. Twinkie was really, really great. Um, you know, especially where, like, namely because he's always either panicking or reassuring. He's like the worst hype man you've ever seen. It's amazing. I know, right? Um, he doesn't get that much of an arc, but I do like how... He kind of makes he kind of makes um, I think he makes Sean a, a complete character. Yeah, uh, as a duo, I think um, they're better than the sum of their individual parts. I would I would I would completely agree with that. Um, uh, I w- I don't think either of them stand alone by themselves. I do like that um, that Sean can't help himself but try to be the hero. It's just that Americanness in him that, like, he, he feels like he has to do the good thing. And there's that one scene where, like, he, uh, Takashi, I think he broke one of the MP3 players. You remember those things? Or oh, was it an iPod? An iPod specifically. An, oh, God, that was rich. That was, that's how you know you were rich back then if you had a fucking iPod. Um, and uh, how uh, he breaks it. And he thought he was doing the right thing by giving him, like, here, just leave him alone. And he's like, now nah, I got to give everybody fucking refunds. God damn it. Um, which is a kind of cathartic. He's like, well, like your gun singing, this isn't going to be applied, applied well. Um, but let's talk about Han who arguably, I mean, he doesn't get a screen time warrant, but it almost feels like they wanted to make him the, uh, the main, uh, character of this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, Han, as soon as we meet him is something of an enigma. Uh, but as we get to learn a bit more about him, the more fascinating he becomes. Exactly. Um, and it, again, Han's the one who give who gives Sean the car, and he basically puts him under indentured servitude. And then ultimately, we get this wonderful scene, possibly the best acted scene in this movie, 
where they're playing Sean and his group and his I'm gonna say his group his his team his 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 family his are, family his family are playing above like this cool soccer stadium soccer field that's like above the city of Tokyo and he's like talking to him and he's like you know why'd you give me the car it's like you knew I was gonna wreck it and he goes I and he basically justify it by telling him that like you know I I need people around me who has who have good character you know I can trust somebody. Um, you know, uh, that like if you wreck a car, money is easy to get. Good people are hard to find. Yeah, it, it's so poetic and it feels so heartfelt. And then he's like, he he sees the people of Tokyo in like on like that you know where like they're cautious. She's look at those people; they live simple lives, and you know nothing happens to them and, and they're fine. But like, I can't live like that. I, I have to like you make a choice and you go forward. And it's like it's it's on par with like when when Dom when Dom's talking about his dad in the first movie. Like it was such a well acted scene. It's like holy shit! I was not expecting uh, philosophy um, in a Fast and Furious movie, no less. Yeah, it was it was like holy shit. Um, which I didn't. I forgot that he like just dies. So like he gets into an accident while running away from Takahashi and burns. I'm like they're gonna get him out, right? They're gonna get him out, right? No, he just—he's dead. He's—he's he's flamed. He's gone. In a blaze of glory. It's—it's it's nuts. I keep thinking, oh, he's gonna show up now. He's gonna show up now. No, and then when the credits, I was like, wow, they really killed him. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, it's shocking. It's—it was—it was insane. Good thing we have a whole bunch of prequel movies, so we can see more of him. That's let's get out of. We'll, we'll get. We'll get into that uh, later on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute, because I was in my head like, wait a minute, I know he's in the other movies, I'm not crazy. Um, we'll get to there when we get next week into the, uh, Fast and the Furious. Not the Fast and the Furious, Fast and the Furious. But let's talk about our villain, Takahashi. Um, what do you think about him? Um, I think he's a little more fascinating than the guy from the last one, but I feel like that he comes off as a little too flat at points. Like, it feels like that he's pretty much the bad guy just for the sake of being the bad guy. Yeah. There is some nuance with him when the fact that, like, when initially he comes off, he's like this badass. Mm, I'm Yakuza. Mm, even though he's maybe... Gets all up in your face. I yeah. was expecting Sean to, like, kiss him on the lips at one point. There's probably a cutout, where they did, like an edit, where he does that. Um, like, a, like, a, like a deleted scene or something they, they didn't put on there. Um, and, and all these things... And then you, then like Han just tells him, oh, he's just a poser who's playing gangster in his room. Like God, like immediately kills any kind of like threat that this guy has. Because it's like again, that's why he's not even the villain. He's the antagonist. Like I wouldn't even call him a villain. Um, because anytime his uncle shows up, he he's immediately assuming I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uncle. He's very much. You know, upon, like how the Japanese are—they're—they they're, try to be very accessible to their elders, especially ones that they deem who they deem who they want to respect. But he, it, like, as as moviegoers, it just makes him look like a punk. Yeah, he's pretty much little punk bitch, just trying to t- uh, talk a big game. Yeah, and he's like, he's making all this money deal, but you realize, like, he's just too big for his bri- he's he's too big for his own britches, and it, it just makes him look like an idiot. Um... I thought it was interesting. Um, he definitely felt scary at points when, like, he gets really possessive of Nila. Like, he gets really possessive of her. Um, and, like, I felt I felt scared for her. Like, shit. Um, more so than even the Cuban drug dealer from the last one. 
Um, only because like I knew what he could do. I knew what that guy was going to do. This guy is just an erratic, maybe twenty year old who doesn't have control of his it's life. It's always the unpredictable ones that are the scarier ones. Exactly. Um, so in in a, in 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 a sense, like I I like that he tries to act big when um, Sean is talking to his uncle, but he's like, "You're really going to give me orders now." After what you've done, get out of here. Um, I like, yeah he he's not he's not amazing, but I did feel kind of bad for him because then you learn you you learn briefly that his dad died. We don't ever know why. Um, you just know his dad's gone, and presumably his uncle took him in. We know that DK's um, grandmother took in Neela, so that's why Neela and him are close. Um, after his after her mom. Uh, her mom passed away in Japan, so there's there's definitely that they could have explored that more, but I think obviously you're not going to because the focus is on Sean and his ultimate conquering of becoming the Western white boy who conquered. Which by the way, there was a there's a there's a lot of movies like that where like all of a sudden, hey, the white man comes to Japan to save this particular area of Japan. Let's go, because um, we can't conquer Love Japan. But we can, we can't conquer Japan, but we can at least put our white men in there. Um, also, Han with the greatest line read ever. So why can't you just be like a why can't you just pick up a nice Japanese girl like a regular white guy? Um, like best line read of the entire movie. Um, All right, he brings up a good point too. Yeah, but no, he has to go for Neela. Listen, it's her accent. It's her accent. Let's be real here. That's what he was drawn to. It's her. Um, but. Overall, I I I was I was because I kept hearing how negative this movie was. I did not have a I had a fun time with it though. Yeah, it's a fun movie despite its flaws. Absolutely. Um, is it the greatest one? No. I think it, I think it's worse just because of what we're gonna see. I I'm curious to see how I think this matches up with the following movies. You know, the like four. Uh, now we're gonna get through four through four through nine. Um, at this point. Um. But I'm I'm really curious to see how it stacks up because I didn't hate it. Yeah, I was gonna go into this um, with a low expectation, but there were some uh, nuggets here and there that I can pick out of Tokyo Drift, and I yeah. can appreciate that. Yeah. Was there anything that I missed? Do you think? I think we covered just about everything. Okay. So now we are, I'm officially, I think Tyler is too, uh, out of the realm of like, okay, this is what we know. And now we are into what would start the rise of of uh, Fast and Furious becoming the most batshit racing franchise in movie history to the point now we're going on its 10th installment releasing in a little over two months from now at the time of this recording. Um, so we'll probably like release, uh, assuming we're on schedule, like we'll definitely release it around the same time it comes out. Um, so that, that's going to be fun. Um, that's hilarious. That is, that is so funny how that worked out. Um, okay. So, uh, next week we come back, we officially go back in time, I believe, um, in terms of the timeline, but it is now the fourth film as we go for Fast and the Furious, Let's call it 2009. Fast and Furious 09. Just so there's no sure. no confusion. Or fast 4. Fast 4. Let's call it Fast 4. Okay. We're, next week we come back, we'll be doing Fast 4 from 2009. Tyler, please plug your stuff. Um, check out my YouTube channel. Um, I post videos if you search for Tie Your Shoes. Uh, I do fighting interviews, the occasional Yu-Gi-Oh! videos. Um, 
And that, that was some fun times. I also stream live on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash tireyourshoes1. Check my schedule to see what the heck I'm doing. You can follow me at twitter.com slash marvelousiggy and catch me live four times a week at iggy slash 28114 on Twitch. Go to shartra.com for all our episodes and other, other content we posted. Thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week for Fast 4. Until then, drift on! Deja vu!